I want to thank all of our workers, all those who volunteered their time this week. We appreciate it so much, all the hard work that went in. We had some good, good crowds. The gym was pretty full at times, and we appreciate so much all the effort put in. Those that, even behind the scenes, baked cookies and did things for us, we appreciate it so much. All right, let's, let's quiet down, children. I got you worked up a little bit right before the message, and we're all going to just stay in here together this morning, and if you'll listen real carefully... I'll just be about 20 minutes, all right? We're just going to give you a gospel presentation. How many of you believe I'll only be 20 minutes? All right, we're going to try, all right? And I, I, said, I, I said to Mr. Baker, I do not have many notes because I don't want to go too, too long. But turn, if you will, to James chapter 4 this morning. James chapter 4. We need somebody in our technical department to zoom in on Pastor Baker when he sings, when I'm playing with my dolls, I've got Jesus, I want that video clip. And uh, that could be used in a great way for the cause of Christ, I believe. And so let's see if we can get that. That'd be wonderful. James chapter 4, James chapter 4 this morning, we've been singing about the name of Jesus. Uh, the choir sang, I bless your name. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle with that song. The reason I struggle is not a doctrinal problem or anything. I just wonder, how can I possibly be a blessing to him? How can I, feeble and frail that I am, be a blessing to God? But that's what we are to do, to bless his name, to bring him joy. And then we sang, all hail the power of Jesus' name. And Jesus, what a wonderful name. Then Sarah sang uh, that, that we are to go and teach the truth in Jesus' Name. I don't know if you caught that, but all the songs just went together so well this morning. And then we just sang about the power of the name of Jesus, I Speak Jesus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I want to talk about that for just a few moments this morning. If you would just give me your attention for just a few minutes. And then the kids are going to get some prizes from this week, and we're going to go and have a barbecue together. And I'd encourage you to stay and fellowship and get to know some folks as we have some time around some hamburgs and hot dogs, nothing fancy, but we'll have some food together. And so let's look at James chapter 4, and I, I've just titled this short message this morning, Consider Your Life. Consider Your Life. You know, we are so busy in this day and age. I, I don't know about you, but I just find life busy. Do you find it like that? How, how many of you think that your hydro bill comes about every eight days now? It just a month goes so quickly, doesn't it? And it just seems like as soon as you pay one, the next one comes along. And, and uh, kids, you'd be thankful. You don't have to worry about that stuff yet. Uh, I, how many of you remember when you were kids saying, I can't wait till I'm an adult? Now you say, I can't wish I was a kid again. I wish I had less responsibility instead of all this that's been placed upon my shoulders. Life just seems to rock it out of control with all the responsibilities, and life is a vapor. It really is. And, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, my wife and I have been married 29 years, but it feels like we got married yesterday. She may have a different answer, but I'm telling you, life just rockets. I, I'm, I'm reminiscing right now. We've been, uh, we're, we're expecting a grandchild this week. They say if the baby doesn't come by Thursday, they're going to induce. And so by next weekend, we're going to have a new grandbaby, Lord willing. We're excited about that. And uh, because of that, grandma and grandpa are cleaning off all the memory in our photo bins. 
We had Google Photos, and they were maxed out, and we couldn't save any more photos there. And so I'm, I'm going through all those photos, and I'm seeing when our kids were born. And our oldest son is 26 years old, and our daughter will be 25 in a couple months, and she already has a child of her own. And, and then we have a 23-year-old, and we have a 20-year-old. And, and I'm looking at those pictures saying, I remember that like it was yesterday. I'm here to tell you that life goes very quickly. Yesterday, I was 21 years old and walking down an aisle, and today I'm 51 years old and will be a grandpa again this week. Life goes quickly. How many of you seniors here today would say, life is a vapor? Life goes very quickly. And you look back at even 60, 70, and 80 years and say, where did the time go? Well, that's what the scripture tells us this morning in James chapter 4. James is a book of life. It's a book of the Christian life and maturity and growth. And, and we're, we're not going to go through the whole book this morning, but I wanted you to focus in on just a couple verses. James chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just quiet our hearts now at this hour. I pray, Lord, that we would not be a distraction one to another, that we could be laser-focused upon the Word of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit might use it to speak to our hearts today. And, Lord, nothing I say will avail much, but I pray that the Word of God would be exalted, that you would take these few words from the Scriptures and pierce our hearts with them today, that we might realize how little time we have to make a decision to trust in Jesus Christ for all eternity. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless this next few moments. Help us, Lord, to be focused, but help us to understand and to receive the word of God today. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Consider your life. You know, I believe with all my heart that because of what I have done as far as trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior... I have put my faith in him. I believe what the Bible says. And I, I don't say that to pat myself on the back in any way. It is nothing that I have done. I am saved by grace. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross of Calvary when he shed his blood and paid the price for my sins. And all I had to do was come to him and trust him and believe it and receive it into my life. And he would wash away my sins and make me ready to go to heaven when I die. And because of that... I believe I will live for eternity. Someday, far off in eternity, I expect I'll look back on this life and it'll only be a speck in time. It'll just be a dot in the timeline of my life. As a matter of fact, it may grow so insignificant if I live 60, 70, 80, 100 years even, it might grow so insignificant that I might describe it like James does in the Bible when he said, life is but a vapor. When we consider our life, we need to consider the, the length of our lives or the breadth of our lives or how long we're really here. It's really not all that long. 
As I was illustrating just a few moments ago, it seems like just yesterday I was a 21-year-old newlywed and now I'm a 51-year-old grandfather and 30 years can go just like that. Some will say 50 years goes just like that. Some will say 80 years. We're here today and we're gone tomorrow. I'm not trying to scare you in any way or manipulate you. I I don't want you to be leaving this place and saying, what a cheerful topic. We talked about how short our lives are and all we got to look forward to is death. That's not true. If you're a child of God, you've got a lot to look forward to. You see, for death is not a fearful thing for the believer. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And God has a very different perspective and it's that passing from this life unto the next. But I want you to take just these few moments and just consider your life. The Bible says it is a vapor. Children, that's smoke or steam. It dissipates so very quickly and then it's gone. The Bible says in verse 13, there are no guarantees in this life. If you'll notice, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. He's saying, I want to give you a warning for those that are planning about tomorrow. He says, you might say, I'm going to go to the city and I'm going to make plans of of buying and selling and I'm going to set up a business for a year and, and, and God will bless it and I'll make great gains. And he says, you better be careful because what is your life? It is but a vapor. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. Because that new grandbaby's coming, we are making plans. We're planning to go to Saskatchewan. And just after Chicken on the Grounds is over, my wife and I will jump in a car and I will try to contain her for that 27-hour drive as we make our way closer and closer to that new grandbaby. I guess we'll see her parents too, but whatever, you know. But man, what an exciting time. But I'm not so naive to know that that could change like that. like a vapor, and be gone. The Bible says this, if you'll notice with me in verse 14, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. It can soon be gone. It's brief, it's short, and then it ends. I'm not here to discourage you, I'm not here to give you indigestion before we even get to the picnic. But here's what I want you to focus on. Are you ready? Consider what's next. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It is given unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Here has been my observation. We are so busy in this life that we focus on this and we forget about after this. We're not so concerned about what's next. I think there's some in this room that have genuine concerns and you're wondering where are my groceries coming from this week? Maybe you're struggling just to get by. You wonder how the the bills are going to be taken care of and you're wondering how you're going to feed your children and and, and perhaps you're wondering where you're going to find work and and, and how you're going to take care of all these things that, that life just throws at us. And we're so busy with these things. Have you really taken, considered, take the time to consider what comes next? 
after this, the judgment. See, every one of us will stand before God. Every one of us will give an account. Here's the thing. You can scrounge together all the dimes and nickels that you find in your sofa couch this week. And you can get enough money together and maybe go pay that bill. Guess what? There's another one coming next month. And 10 years from now, if the Lord tarries his coming and he lets you live, there will still be bills. But that doesn't change the fact for one moment that we will all answer to God. We'll all stand before him. Are you ready for that? Our life is but a vapor. And when it is over, we will give account of ourselves to God. Here's the problem. So many of us would like to give ourselves an account to God in this way. But God, I'm a pretty good person. I've done good works my whole life. I've served others and I've never lived for self. I've tried to be good. I've never broken any laws. And God will say, depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. You see, the Bible says this very plainly. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not, listen to this, not of works, lest any man should boast. Did you follow that? Do you understand what the scripture is saying? For by grace are ye saved. It is a gift of God. For by grace are ye saved through faith. You must believe. You must put your trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. And it is a gift of God. It is not of works. Nothing we can do. We can't earn heaven. Listen, if you could earn heaven, why did Jesus have to die? But he died to pay the price for our sins. There's an idea today that we are a Christian nation. That's just not true. (laughs) Or there might be the idea in your heart that I, I grew up in a Christian family or I was baptized into the Christian faith as a child or maybe even as somebody older, I, I went to church and I prayed some prayer and I, I entered the, the baptistry tank and the pastor baptized me and, and so now I'm okay. And Friends, none of those things matter if you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ. If you've been baptized without Jesus, all you got was wet. Baptism is just an outward symbol of what took place in your heart. When you died to self and you trusted in Jesus Christ alone to be your Savior and you were buried with him and you rose with a new life in Christ. But it only comes by his gift. Listen for just a minute. You say, who needs this gift? The Bible says this, all have sinned. All of us. And come short of the glory of God. For there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that doeth good. Romans 3, 10 and 12 and on and on. We could, we could go on and, and talk about the, the wickedness of our hearts. You see, Adam and Eve sinned in that garden. The Bible says, by one man sin entered the world and death by sin. Sin was passed on to all of us. We have a sin nature. And because of that sin nature, 
We are dying and going to a crisis eternity called hell. The Bible is very plain, for the wages of sin is death. If you're a Christian, you know where the rest of that verse goes. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A rich young man came to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, keep all the law and the prophets. And he says, I've done all those things from my youth. He said, oh, but there's one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. The man went away sad for he had much. And The principle is not that the Lord wants us to become paupers and to give away everything that we own. But the young man was still covetous. You see, in our hearts, we have to turn away from everything and trust in only Jesus. Do you know him? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our life is but a vapor. Let me go back to that for a moment. He said, then what is the purpose of that vapor? What is the purpose of just the 70, 80, 90 years that God gives us on this earth? You were created in the image of God to bring glory to him. But the only way we can do that is to have a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. To be forgiven of your sins. To be stand before him redeemed. Cleansed of all unrighteousness. Washed in his very blood. Because that's why he shed it. That you might be free. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he said, but how do I receive it? Listen, if you believe in your heart today that Jesus Christ died, not for his sins, for he was perfect, but he died for your sins, a sacrifice, an atonement unto God. That means it pleased God. His death was pleasing unto God that we might be forgiven through him. You see, he took your place. And if you believe that with all your heart and you trust in him, you can't trust in anything else. You must trust only in Jesus. You say, well, I'm going to trust in Jesus and I'm going to call myself a Baptist. I'm going to trust in Jesus and I'm going to do the Lord's table or the Eucharist or I'm going to trust in Jesus and be, no, no, no. It's Jesus only. Those other things are good things to do. It's good to go to church. We grow, we bear one another's burdens, we pray for one another, we we worship God corporately together. It's good to go to church. It's good to be baptized. The Bible says it's a matter of obedience to follow the Lord as a picture of what Christ has done in our lives. It's good to take the Lord's table. It's a memorial service of what Christ did for us. The the, the cup is a picture of his blood and the the wafer is a picture of his broken body which was done uh, for us. It's good to do those things but only Christ can save you. This vapor exists that you might trust in Jesus, that you might be reconciled to God. Some might say, well, isn't everybody God's child? That is not true. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received him to them 
gave he power to become the sons of God. We are alienated from God until that moment we trust in the gift that his son provided for us when he died on the cross of Calvary. You can know him today. Matthew chapter 7 says this, Enter ye in at the straight gate. Listen, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. The Bible talks about a broad road and a narrow road. A broad path and a narrow path. The broad path is full of people thinking they're on the right track. I once heard somebody say to me, well, this church in particular that he was talking about, or denomination, he says, it's the largest church in the world and we ought to listen to them. Listen, that that is not always what is right. The Bible says that broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. There's very few that find this narrow path. He said, what is that narrow path? Jesus himself said it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. If you believe in the message of the Lord Jesus Christ dying for your sins, you can be saved today. Here's what the Bible says, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment this morning. That call, when we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, you cannot add Jesus to a collection of your gods. He is not interested. In 1 Corinthians it says, he is a jealous God. He is not going to share his glory with another. What a slap in the face of Jesus to say, I'm going to trust you and something else when only Jesus died for our sins. Maybe there's somebody here today say, Pastor, I'm not sure I've ever done that. I've never, I've never trusted in Jesus alone. I've, I've gone to church since I was a kid. I've, I've been a part of vacation Bible schools over the years. I've tried to be a good person. And that's a wonderful thing. We ought to try to be good people. but I've never looked at it from the perspective that I I had a sin problem. And only Jesus paid the price for my sins. Nobody else did. Nobody else can. If the wages of sin is death, you can't pay that price. You can't afford it. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Can I encourage you today, even if you are not willing to accept Christ as your Savior, please do not insult Jesus by saying there's some other way. What an insult to a holy God who was willing to die for us to say, I'll find another way to heaven. When Jesus paid it all. Would you stand with me this morning and if there's one that say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I've ever cried out to the Lord. Can I, can I ask you to do this this morning? We would like to have somebody take a Bible. That's God's holy word and show you what it means to have eternal life through Jesus Christ. They'll take all the time you want explaining it. They'll answer any questions you want. I'm going to ask a couple men with Bibles just to come and a couple ladies with Bibles just to come right down here to the front. And uh, let's be ready 
in case somebody comes. Well, let me ask you right now, if you were to die today, again, I'm not trying to scare you or manipulate you. I know, I know for a fact that if I were to say to you, who wants to go to heaven, everybody's hand would go up. We're not going to do that here. The truth is this. Jesus died for you and he loves you very much. He paid the price for your sins. And you can go to heaven one day when you die, but you must be forgiven. You must come through Jesus Christ to be reconciled to his father. If you want to say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved, would you slip up your hand? Let me pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. Is there one? Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me? If I were to die today, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I know we're so busy worrying about now that we're not thinking about what happens after this. Are you ready for after this? To stand before God? To answer? Why should I let you into my heaven? And the only answer we'll do is because your son died for me and I trusted in him for eternal life. Is there one? Is there one? Could I encourage you to do something? I know in a crowd that maybe you've never been here before, it's difficult to walk an aisle or raise your hand. I get that. We're going to go and have some food in a few minutes. And I would encourage you, pull aside Brother Roberts down here or myself or Pastor Calvin or one of these ladies that are down here and and feel free just to say, hey, can I talk to you for a moment? We'd be happy to take all the time in the world. If you miss lunch, I'll I'll promise you this, I will take you down and buy you a dinner. I'm not worried about that at all. Don't even concern yourself about that. Let's make sure that we have our eternity settled before God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those that are gathered here. And we're going to sing in just one verse of invitation. And Lord, maybe there's somebody that you're just dealing with their heart and working on their heart. And I pray that today they might be saved. Lord, I pray they wouldn't leave this place without knowing for sure they're on their way to heaven. That they've done what the Bible says is necessary to know that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So bless us now, we pray. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we, can we sing Jesus paid it all? Do you know that well enough to play? All right. I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Let's sing. I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. If you need to talk to somebody, step out and come right now. Meet me here at the front. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, thank you for being here today, and we're just going to have a word of prayer to close this portion of our service, and then Pastor Calvin's going to come, and he's got some awards to give out today for those that were participating in Vacation Bible School, and then we're going to go over and have a barbecue together. We're so thankful that you can be here and stay for that, and we'd like to get to know you, so please, if you see us, come over and say hi. We'd like to 
talk to you a little bit and get to know you. And uh, please introduce yourself, and we'll try to find you as well, all right? Let's have a word of prayer. We're praying this morning for Sharon Norton and uh, Will's mom. Uh, she's in Halifax Hospital right now. I don't know if did you get an update during the service at all, not yet. And she's undergoing a brain biopsy right now. They found a tumor this week. Uh, she's been having some seizures and such, and then this week it got very serious. And so she's in Halifax Hospital right now. Uh, they said between 11 and 12, and they're an hour ahead of us having a biopsy on a brain tumor. So would you pray for that situation as they uh, seek to how to treat her and help her in some way? All right, Norm Biggs is home from the hospital. We praise the Lord for that. He uh, went to his sons in Brantford, ended up in Brantford Hospital, and then now he's finally home. And so Check in on Norm once in a while and pray for him. I had a good visit with the Spongs this week, and, and they're doing well. Mrs. Spong is just very, very weak, and uh, her mind is sharp, and she loves to have a visit. And if you get a chance to pop by, she lights up. She just enjoys having a visit and talking, and, uh, but pray for Gord. He's getting tired, and it's a lot of work. And every single day, he takes her out for a coffee and a breakfast muffin and tries to just get her moving a little bit, but she's getting weaker and weaker. So would you pray for uh, the Spongs as well? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And Lord, I'm sure there's other needs that I failed to mention. I pray, Lord, that in the Sunday school hour that they prayed for these folks and that we'd take them with us throughout the week and lift them up before you. We do pray for Sharon at this hour, who even now is perhaps in recovery or just finishing up from a, uh, a biopsy on her, uh, this brain tumor. We pray, Lord, that you'd give the doctors wisdom as they treat it, and we ask for your will to be accomplished. Thank you for Norm being home from the hospital. We pray to continue to strengthen him day by day and help them as they treat his thyroid. We pray, Lord, uh, Lord, for uh, the spongs, Lord, it just strikes my heart how weak they've been, and, and Lord, and just getting tired. And we pray, Lord, that you'd bless them with many days of uh, God's grace in their midst. So thank you again for the time we've had this morning. We pray that the message of the gospel will continue to work in hearts. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.